I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 16, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Here's the net net. I stared at these charts pretty much all afternoon. You're going to get the result of what I found from the stare down. Now today, the market really didn't do anything. It's called an inside day, meaning the high and low today was inside of the high and lows from yesterday. It's an inside day. It gives us no new or relevant information whatsoever. That doesn't mean that other charts didn't develop some additional information that we can use going forward. They did. We'll go over the ones that I think are relevant. The market is in a very, very interesting position. It's in an interesting position in both price and time. We're going to go over this again tonight as well. Let's start with the position on the chart. We're above 297. We had that big gap up and go yesterday. So what we're using is, what I'm using is, basically the low of yesterday, which is essentially the same within penny or two of 297. I don't think it's an accident or a coincidence that the market opened up on that number yesterday and went from there. I'm still in the camp that that number is important. It remains on the page. So if we're using 297 as a guideline on the southern side, basically we can use hourly closes and then certainly a daily close below that price would be trouble for the bulls, would be welcome for the bears. Now there's a lot of stuff going on up here, so we've got to go through several items. First, we're still above all the moving averages, even with a close below 297. However, we had this breakdown candle high. The high is 298.46. We closed above there yesterday. Now we closed back below today. Is that a huge problem for the bulls or a shot across the bow? Not really. We're talking about pennies. We're still up in this area. We closed above it by a few pennies yesterday and below it by a few today. So either way, we're just going to take it as we're still up in this area. Now, what else is up in this area? What's important? We talked about these price levels before price got here. So first, we had the breakdown candle high. So we spiked through it and sold off a little bit, but then we came back to test it. That's bullish behavior. Generally speaking, will we get a failure on a second test? It's certainly possible, but with a close above the high over here from this candle and a close above the breakdown candle high, I'm taking that as bullish behavior. I'm just taking it at face value. It's the walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's generally a duck. I still have the full and complete understanding of there's other stuff going on. What is some of the other stuff? Well, as we go up, and this is like climbing a set of stairs, we already hit basically yesterday the second breakdown candle high and pulled back from that. But we have another one right above, and then we have a gap. We've discussed all these areas. Then you have the infamous double top area, and the question is, Can they get up there? Can they bust through? Or will we see a failure? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, 
Will we see a failure is a fair question, but here's what I'll say. Traditionally, the way I had the schematic mapped out, we really shouldn't be up here anyway. So therefore, in my mind, we're in the 20% camp of the 80-20 rule. What do I mean by that exactly? Well, let's go back to the original, the breakdown candle high over here, and we failed, we spiked through it, we tested it, and we failed at the breakdown candle high. A lot of traders got short right there. We started to come down, it looked good, and then it didn't look good. Yesterday, we're back up there already. So all this shouldn't be happening, in my opinion, and this is just an opinion. If we were going to have the volatile period of time that I thought we were supposed to have based on the cycle work that I do. And it's not always 100% correct like everything else. We know that and we have evidence from that as a result of the stop out from the trade, the short trade in the SPY that I stopped out of yesterday. So while I was even surprised they were this high off of the 285, Still yet, I'm still surprised they're not getting rejected from this area. That tells me the destination was not the 297 or slightly above. The breakdown candle high, the destination is higher. We went higher yesterday. We're still up here. The destination is likely even higher. Where would that be? Well, we're very close to a big fat round number of 300. We came close yesterday. The high yesterday was 299.70. Today, we obviously didn't make a new high. However, they could get to and above 300. Where does that leave the market? It leaves the market at the next breakdown candle high or filling the gap or potentially trying to reach the highs or even make another high. That's going to be a tall order. Anything's possible. Could be a tweet, could be a spark, could be a news event, could be a regeneration of phase one, two, or three of the China deal. Who knows what it is? It's the Fed. It's don't fight the Fed. It's a potpourri of things. We don't really care what it is. All we care about is where the market is going. So here's what we're looking for. We're looking for one of a couple or maybe even a few different things. If the market is going up, is it going up on heavy volume, meaning institutional participation? That's always a possibility. We have to keep our eye on that. Inside the numbers members will know that because I'll be watching that in the morning if in fact the market is trading higher. It doesn't have to trade higher. It might be trading lower. We'll get to that in a moment. What's the second thing we would be looking for? If the market's trading higher and by chance it does reverse, does it put in an intraday reversal? We'll be looking for something of that elk. Another option, are they selling them off? Are they trading down to or even below 297? That would tell us something different. We have to let the market tell us what it wants to do. It's going to leave breadcrumbs. We look at other charts. We look at other markets to get evidence, to get clues, all that stuff. The market is a speaker. Are we listening? Are we hearing it correctly? Are we reading it right? We know the story. The market is never, ever wrong. Traders, investors, analysts, people in general are wrong. Price is an absolute 100% of the time. What happens when we go down to an hourly chart? What do we see? Well, what I see is a market that basically went up and it's eating time off the clock, trading above the moving averages, building energy for another move higher. 
That's what the first thing that pops into my mind is when I see this chart. We see crystal clear our 297. We can certainly go fill the gap and they can reverse from there. But remember this big down move and this bear flag pattern that would traditionally have played out in the southern direction. That never happened. If we get down there again, we can look at that or potentially view that as what I like to call a recapture. That may send the market in the southern direction pretty far, pretty fast. We don't know that. That's something we need to read in real time. That's an intraday trader inside the number type of thing. What else do we see on this chart? Something that we just discussed that was on the daily chart. Here's a breakdown candle high and we got above it. We closed above it based on hourly closes because we're on an hourly chart. Now we're back below it, but we've already closed above it. So that diminishes the importance of this breakdown candle high. It takes what would have been one of two patterns off the table. The bear flag pattern like this that generally plays out to the downside or one of these other type of bear wedge type of formations that ends up testing the breakdown candle high but yet ultimately fails and goes in the southern direction anyway. Both of those two things were possible. Now that's off the table because we closed above there. That doesn't exist anymore, at least from where I sit. What if we move along to a 120-minute chart? Do we see anything different? Not really. What we see looks pretty tight, even as compared to the hourly chart we just looked at. We have a pretty big up move, and they're eating time off the clock. As long as they stay inside the low of that breakup candle, which incidentally... The 20-period moving average is meeting at the bottom of right now, so everything is pointing to the market going higher. That's not an absolute, doesn't mean it has to happen, but when we do use the 80-20 rule 80% of the time, that's what's going to happen. Don't let the fact that we just had a 20%er spook you out of the trade, or out of the market, or out of the pattern. I'm not saying this particular trade, I'm not saying you have to be long the market right now, I'm just saying when we're looking at a chart, if you have recent memory of a bad trade, it can influence the next trade. It does influence the next trade. That's one of the big trader psychology things that we have to get over. We have short-term memories. We remember the bad trade that happened either five minutes ago, five hours ago, even five days ago. It doesn't leave us that quickly. And by the way, What's one of the things that causes us to do in the next trade? It causes us to do a lot of things, but one of the things it causes most every trader to do is take profit too early. How do you get over that? Come over to Lazy E-Mini Trader, take the course, and I'll show you how we get over that. How about Camp IWM? What's going on over here? This is interesting. Back into and trying to spike up through the moving averages, Closing back below the 100 and the 200, we're trapped in between the 20 and the 50, which are below. Nothing really happened today. The IWM was up 13 cents. However, we can always have a takeaway from the market. Just depends on exactly what we're looking at. So A, even by a little bit, the IWM did have some relative strength against the SPY today. It's my favorite market leading indicator, so it's really hard for me to ignore that when I see it all day long. And then there's this. This is the hourly chart. This even looks better than the SPY chart. Now, basically, here's the way this works. As long as you stay above this price here, you'll want to go higher. 
However, if they come down below here and start closing hourly below there, they're going to want to go to the breakout area down here, somewhere in this neighborhood. You have moving averages down there. doesn't have to get there. That's just traditionally what you would be looking at if this particular pattern or if this particular bull flag or bullish pattern failed, you have to look lower and then you all of a sudden see the breakout area. And that's the way I'm looking at the IWM. Right now, we're above all that stuff, so it is bullish. What do I see when you bring up the 120-minute chart? The first thing that jumps out at me is a pretty good consolidation pattern, eating time off the clock. It is basically a bull flag pattern consolidating, building energy right underneath this moving average, which happens to be right underneath the trend line, which happens to be a symmetrical move if you draw the line up to the trend line that's something that's taught in the course at lazy e-mini trader i don't want to get in depth of that right now but that would look rather symmetrical if we traded right up into that trend line where does that trend line come from again let's go back over to the weekly chart and we'll see that we're fighting the trend line again when we're fighting the trend line we discussed this last night we have no choice but to see and visualize the fact that this pattern could bring the market a lot higher. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it dozens of times. It's just when you get to the bottom of this, you look for a failure. When you get to the top, you look for a breakout. We're trading to the top once again. We're either going to fail at the top or trade back down or we're going to break out. We've been here before. We've had some false breakouts. We'll see what happens this time. It's very interesting. The daily chart, the first look at the daily chart, doesn't look great, doesn't look strong, doesn't look bullish. Looks like we're underneath the trend line. Looks like we're getting rejected at moving averages. Looks like we had a garden variety retracement from high to low. And all that is true. And we might as well throw in the fact that we haven't even tested or been able to test this breakdown candle high up here which happens to coincide with the trend line. Is that in store for this week? Is that in store over the next day or two? We're going to find out, but there's the look. Short-term bullish, longer-term jury's still out. What happens if the IWM begins closing above the moving averages, closes above this trend line? It's bullish. That's what the umpire would say. He's just calling balls and strikes. I'm getting a lot of questions on the VIX. Over the last couple of days, I have a lot of questions from traders looking to buy the VIX. That tells me it probably has lower to go. The ones that were asking, is it still good sub 13? The answer is, I think it is. And the other answer is, your stop out has to be a close below the low of 1169. This is on the daily chart. That's a daily close. What's the ideal number? 1275, 1250 in that neighborhood. There's a dollar of risk, give or take, from a VIX standpoint. And I know most of you would trade the exchange traded products, the leverage stuff, options on the VXX, all that stuff. That's trader's choice. I'm just giving you the analysis on the VIX. What's doing down at the transportation department? Similar routine that we've been discussing. This one actually looks better than some of the other charts. Now we're challenging, or they're challenging, its breakdown candle high right here. The high happens to be 10,484.81.
They got there today and backed away, closed below. So that's normal garden variety market behavior. That's what's supposed to happen 80% of the time or more. But here's the deal. We're above all the moving averages. What's to say they can't close above there tomorrow or by the end of the week? They can. This is a very important area. This was a breakdown area. Are they just going to walk right through here? If they do, that's the market telling you something. That's the market saying, hey, look over here. I'm bullish. And of course, right above, there's additional overhead resistance. You have this area here where the gap was. You have the closing or the filling of the gap. You have another high. So I don't want to get out over our skis here. But if, in fact, in a couple of days, they just waltz through this breakdown, that's bullish. You have no alternative but to look at it that way. How about the cues? Any evidence from the cues? Other than the fact that we just had an inside day, there's really nothing going on in the queues. If we just take a gander at this chart, you can see yesterday's low is really the same routine that we discussed in the SPY. Move it along. XLF, interesting point on the chart. Again, breakdown candle high, spiked through it yesterday, closed below it, haven't got above it today, but they're above all the moving averages. So even if they go sideways to eat some time off the clock, That's the market's way of saying, hey, I'm building some energy to go higher once again, another leg higher. As long as they stay, for example, inside of yesterday's low, that would be normal garden variety market behavior. But when you look at the shorter term charts, you have the same routine that we've been discussing and seeing on chart after chart after chart. It's kind of like if three guys tell you you're drunk, go sit down. You're probably drunk. And then you get to the SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Now we have different stuff going on. And this is a pretty good proxy of the tech space. It always has been. It's always kind of been a first in, first out type of scenario for the SMH. They run into the SMH for the growth, for the juice, and then they run out first, leaving everybody else holding the bag. One day doesn't give us the answer, but let's take a look at what we have. All of a sudden, we're near yesterday's low, the same low we've been discussing that we're not near in the other charts. So all of a sudden, is the SMH knocking on the door? Is the SMH giving us a little bit of a whistle? We don't know yet, but it's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We're paying attention. Now, when we look at the hourly chart, What do we have here? We have the breakup candle low. The low is 123.17. And what do you know? Trick and Company, also known as Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew, they pulled a neat little trick this afternoon. 123.17 is that low. They closed below it once, closed back above it in the final candle of the day. Interesting. Didn't fill the gap down below. We have a similar look on the SPY chart. We talked about the fact that even if they get below that low, I'll go over to the SPY chart. It's the same concept. It just looks a little bit different. It's spread out a little more, but we have that gap down here below the breakup candle low. So it's a similar look. But the position of price on this chart is obviously different than the SPY. So we have to take note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Let's discuss the bond market for a moment. So the current chart you're looking at is the 30-year treasury bond. Not yields, but the actual bond itself. What's the long-term outlook for the bond market? Lower. I'm fully aware the Fed is back in QE mode. They're printing money. All that stuff. That's short-term. 
I'm talking long-term, meaning years. I've said this before, and I'm not afraid to say it again. Even if we make a marginal new high, for example, where, in fact, in my opinion, and this opinion comes from analysis, we're putting in a longer-term high in the bond market. There are certainly prices where I would be comfortable in saying, I think the top is in. We're not there yet. We've got to break some numbers on the southern side. And it could take a while. It could take several months to play out like that to really confirm the top is in. Let me put it a different way. This is the actual interest rate, 30-year interest rate. So what I've done is shrunk the chart down, and we're basically just getting a visual from about 1985 Interest rates were about 12%. And what happens is when you go forward, you see that we've been in a perpetual interest rate decline. Look where we are. Now, whether or not we make a marginal new low in interest rates or not, and whether or not they go to zero, and I don't believe the 30-year interest rate is going to zero, that's not feasible. So therefore, based on the price component of being at lows, and that coupled with a lot of other things from an analysis perspective. And this isn't something that I worked on this afternoon. This has been years in the making. Just for argument's sake, figure out from high to low and whether or not we've seen the low or we still have yet to see the low, it can't be that far away. Figure out where a garden variety retracement puts yields. And then you can translate that to what it would do to the price of the actual bond itself. And that's why I say the price of treasury bonds over time will go lower. We're back to the actual price of bonds, and I'll leave you with this one. This is my own little twist. I can't say that it means anything or doesn't mean anything, but when I think of bonds, I think of par, meaning 100 cents on the dollar. That's basically par for a bond. I look at the price of treasuries and I see 160. And then I think to myself, can it trade at par again? Why not? How about below par? Why not? Where's par? Right there. Could be five years down the line. Who knows? But why not? I have yet to have somebody explain to me why it can't trade back to par or below. Think about it like this. Is it going to go up forever? Are interest rates really going to be negative? Negative half a percent? Negative 1%? Are the price of bonds going to be 180, 185, 200? What's actually going to happen? It's not realistic. That's why I'm having this conversation. It's the same thing we always do. We're looking for a top. This one happens to be a long-term drawn-out top. And that, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for tonight. I want to thank each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.